Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this week we have a little bit of everything. Wizards at like 2 o'clock today, Band of Card and Historical suspended it. Randomly. Uh, randomly. Uh, and uh, spoilers have started. We're not going to talk yep. too much about it. We might talk some, but we are going to talk we're about... We're going to talk some. We're going to talk some. We're going to also hit on some of the um, uh, the reprints. Yeah. Uh, that are out there now. So, if you would like to tweet at us your excitement for Core uh, 21, you can get at us at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. Uh, you can shoot us an email if you'd like. Show at Casual Tryhard MTG.com. I check our email all the time. So, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. But yeah, I, I check our email all the time. We, we're always answering questions, so don't hesitate. We also have our Discord server up and running, and there's some some pretty pretty interesting discussions happening over there about all sorts of different stuff. So if you haven't joined in on that, there's a link on Twitter and on Facebook. I include it in the description. Yeah, so there's one in the description too. Follow that link. We also have a Patreon-only finance room. Um, if you sign up for Patreon, you can follow the link in there and we do some, some spec stuff, some general like collection maintenance stuff. Um, a little bit of grab bag, but like more stuff than what we typically cover on the show. So if that's, if that's your cup of tea, head over there, we're opening that up to any Patreon. So like any level you feel like donating, you're welcome into the room. We really don't have too many Patreon awards. So that's one of them we're giving to everybody, even if you know, you just pledge a couple bucks or whatever. That's completely fine. Also helps us support the show, keep us trucking along uh, a little bit more directly than our TCG affiliate link, which you can also use if you're planning on picking up any cards, maybe some spec targets, maybe some, I think they do pre-order stuff on TCG also. I think um, so as well, yeah. Yeah. Our TCG link is tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after following that link will get a very small cut of, keeps the show going. We also have a YouTube channel. For the most part, it's just another way to get our content. We port our uh, podcast episodes right to YouTube. But occasionally we throw some some extra content gems in there, like we did a Sealed for Ikoria, and we'll probably do something for Core 21. Not super like regimented, though. That stuff seems to be coming kind of kind of sporadically. Yeah. It's it's hard to like find the time sometimes to like be in the headspace to record yeah. and have the time to like record. But you know, if it's something you guys really want, let us know. Yep. Yeah, I mean we're kind of our shtick is that we're just kind of two guys making a show and we're not a you know, we're not seasoned pros with unlimited budgets and time, like we both have careers and families and this is our hobby and we really enjoy it, so we want to yeah. share it with some people. We haven't figured out how to monetize this thing yet, and we're not trying that hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've taken a couple baby steps. We have. We have. I did see, I watched a random video about how much someone gets for uh, a YouTube, like YouTube revenue. Yeah. yeah. People had a million plus views on a on a YouTube video. They got $1,400. Wow. For, for like, I think it's $1,400 for 2 million views and like $600 for a million. It seems like not a whole lot of revenue for a whole lot of effort. Yes, yes, it does. Like, how yeah. do people make a living doing this? I don't know. All right. So, talk about the Discord server. 
we yeah. had a, we have a question on there. It kind of sat for a little bit, but uh, we will get to them. It was yeah, in the I feel show. Super bad. I I actually thought that I had um made a response to this person, and then when I was going through some messages, I realized that I couldn't find the response anywhere. So I shot him a message, and it turns out I never responded. So I'm very sorry that my response never went through. I actually remember typing it out, but I don't know what happened there. I'm getting yeah. old. These things happen. So they if you do. want to put something in here as well uh, that might make it into the show, uh, go to show ideas. Yeah. In the Discord. Yep. So our question was, what is up with the disconnect between formats? Why are people so polarized to a specific format? And why are they so opposed to playing other formats? Is it just like a sibling rivalry rivalry where people think their format is best? Or what is it? I think there's a whole bunch of different things that go into this especially with older formats the first is money if you you know have 1500 bucks two grand tied up in a modern deck or you know six grand tied up in a legacy deck like that's going to be what you want to play you know what i mean yes you're probably not going to sit around like jamming bad draft decks against each other when you got you know a deck full of underground seas and tropical islands in your bag yeah those games get played so uh, rarely. The uh, tropical, uh, tropical seas, tropical islands, and <laughs> underground seas typically don't make it in the bag. Right. <laughs> it's like I can't take you out, buddy. No one. I can show people you, but can't play games. Yeah, that goes the other way too. Like people that you know spend their money playing standard or pioneer typically are a little hesitant to buy into modern or uh, legacy. Where like the, just the cost to enter the format so much higher. Yeah. If you've I, already got you know a couple hundred bucks in your standard deck that you've got to change out, you know, two three times a year, then it's hard to justify dropping two grand on a modern deck or whatever. Yeah, I also think that there are some people that might want to play Legacy or Modern, but just mm-hmm. can't. So right, they're kind of yeah. j- uh, f- they can't for financial reasons. So they're kind of jaded against the format Could because be. they're just like. Ugh stupid format stupid reserve list so yeah yeah i think that's definitely want to squash that real quick though what stupid reserve list well no just people like being jaded against a format because they can't afford to be in it like, i mean i think that anyone who plays legacy if you like show up with a bunch of forests that have like proxies in front of them uh-huh i think that anyone who plays legacy would be like cool Let's play Legacy. I don't 100%. I don't People that play Legacy just want to play Legacy. They don't care. Proxy up a deck. Yeah. Like we, ha- we have a whole gauntlet of proxy decks at the store just because there's like three people that enjoy playing Legacy there. Yeah. So that is definitely something that even if you won't be able to play the deck in a sanctioned tournament, there aren't sanctioned Legacy tournaments really. Right. So you can just enjoy it. Yep. And you know, your the the one legacy guy will really enjoy it if you're like, "Hey man, <laughs> I put together Mono Red Prison. I guess we're going to do this. Okay, let's sit down. <laughs> I guess we're going to do this. What are you playing? I'm playing no basics. Just make them all mountains and let's just go. <laughs> Turn one all mountains. Sweet. Scoop, let's do it again. <laughs> At least I'm shuffling this thing. So that's one is like just being priced out or not being able to get in and mm-hmm. also just like 
having the the format that you put your money into. Right. And you also have like this kind of ties into it is like having a pet deck. You have a, a way you like to play. Right. And the formats kind of gear themselves towards a certain style of play. Yeah, th- this is a biggie that I don't think people touch on enough. Like, I don't think anybody has ever come out, at least not that I've heard, and talked about the pet deck thing. This is especially true in modern, I think. There are people that, like, only play modern because that's the only place they can play Blue Moon or... Merfolk. You know, Merfolk or, yeah, whatever their pet deck is. And they're... Not only are they kind of discriminatory or whatever towards other formats but they're that way towards other decks as well. Like even in the format, like they have their Merfolk deck and that's what they're going to play every week, regardless if it's good or not. That's their jam. Yeah. Now the, the upside of that, the playing it even when it's not good is you get mm-hmm. really good with your deck. Yeah. Right. You get, you, yeah. you ring as much out of your deck as you can, but right. like they just want to play their deck and mm-hmm. I can't play my deck against your deck, so I don't want to play in your stupid format. Right. And another thing that kind of goes along with that, like I kind of touched on, was the idea of liking a certain style of play. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I am the one who craps on Commander here, and <laughs> that's because, like, I want to play, like, an engaged game of Magic against, like, one opponent and yeah. not have to deal with the any kind of, like, political stuff mm-hmm. or like you know the like ooh don't counter my spell and I won't counter yours it's like no like we should be playing yeah to play like in the best possible way yeah. and so that and like a lot of commander games not all of them any commander players but <laughs> I've also I've I also just see people like you see a commander game and there's like one person on their phone run one person reading Harry Potter one person playing Somebody on a playing their switch. Yeah, someone someone's playing Animal Crossing, and there's yeah. one person going through their turn. Yeah, and it's like, well, no, you're like, you're all sitting at a table, and like, you're each taking turns, yeah, playing a game of Magic, and then doing something else, right? In the uh, in the in between times, and it's like, no, I want to like sit down and like play a game of Magic and like be engaged with this thing, mm-hmm. and so Commander is not a format that appeals to me because of like that aspect like the where some people like the social aspect like right i i want i like the competition aspect of it and it just seems like those games a lot of times are just like meh there's nothing on the line you're just kind of sitting around going through the motions yeah so like that can be another reason is there's like you know like ah this isn't how i want to play magic so i don't understand why anyone wants to play magic that way right right and what's our last reason that you have here? There's also some pretty high like barriers to entry, especially when you get into like the older formats. Like Legacy and Modern at this point have absolutely massive card pools. And because of that, there's some pretty like wild interactions in them that aren't necessarily present at face value. And if you're especially somebody that's like newer to a format or doesn't 100% know what's going on, it's really, really daunting to be like have to learn all those interactions at once. And it's also kind of a field bad when you get blown out by something that like you didn't see coming that 
like it's, it's non-intuitive like it doesn't work the way you think it would it can it can really sour you or like turn you off of a format in general so i play combo decks and mm-hmm. i think i made uh chris retire from legacy yeah because we played and i think i turn to him two games in a row i think he played like three total turns yeah and he's just like i don't ever do that again (laughs) and you just don't there's so many little interactions that it's just hard to know a lot of times what's happening right yeah or or even in a format like pioneer right you sit down and someone plays inverter of truth and then they play thoughts as oracle yeah, and you're like, what? How did I lose? What happened? I had all these guys on my board, and they didn't have any. How did I lose? It didn't matter, right? Yeah. And just just those weird like interactions, like there are weird rules interactions, like for legacy, rest in peace with uh, Helm of Obedience. Yeah. So Helm puts cards from the li- library into the graveyard, mm-hmm. but if there's no graveyard for those cards to go to. Helm just flips their entire deck over. Right. Just puts it in exile. And it's just this random rules interaction because it says places cards into the graveyard until you hit blah. Well, they don't go to the graveyard. And so you just lose a game to this like weird corner case rules interaction. Yeah. Because a lot of times like older formats are where weird rules quirks go to like thrive right it's like oh hey here's this really random corner case thing i can build a whole deck around it i'm gonna do that now lion's eye diamond is kind of a perfect example of that yeah it's like like, that card i played when that card was in booster packs like i played during mirage and that card was absolute garbage i vividly i've told the story a million times i vividly remember you know standing at the counter of a game store opening booster packs of mirage and Lion's Eye Diamond was my rare, and I threw the entire pack in the trash can. And now, like, that's a staple of five, four different decks, five different decks? Easily. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's just, you know, some people will look at a format and go just like, I don't want to try to learn this. Mm-hmm. So, why don't you play my format? Right. Okay, so there, I think we've answered our Patreon question, or not Patreon question, uh, our Discord, Discord question. All right, so since we've last talked, there was spoilers for Core 21. Surprise. Yeah. yeah you, <laughs> you, you just got, like, your Aquaria cards sorted. And yep. now buy more cards. <laughs> I think I still have Aquaria cards not sorted. I think I have all mine sorted. But, yeah, yeah it's just, like, buy more cards. Like, okay, cool. Core 2021 feels like a, a very fire design set. Yeah, you mentioned something before the show. And, like, we really need to start recording our pre-show stuff. Like, just, yeah. I don't know, throw up on Patreon or something extra. Because there's some real gems in there that, you know, sometimes I think we have a hard find working into the actual show. So that might be some, some cool content to have. But one of the things that you said... Uh, kind of got me thinking, and I don't remember exactly how you phrased it, but you likened Core 21 to a Masters set. Yes. And it very much feels like a Masters set. And that's kind of a weird thing to say about a Core set because Core sets have always been like powered down, not great draft environments. 
Like very um, much the draft is very much about like things with power and toughness and pump spells right. and like creature enchantments are usually good because they just make your thing with power and toughness have more power and toughness. Yeah. Or they're usually pretty basic limited environments and the cards they give you are, they can be powerful, but they are a lot of times just kind of like basic cards that are pretty easy to interpret on face value. So, yeah, I mean, for a long time, like corsets were just meant to get players involved in the game. That's like, why it was a starting point. That's why they were in the summer is because right. kids are off school. Mm-hmm. So they have time to kill in the summer. So, hey, here's this product to onboard them. Right. When they have nothing to do in the summer, let's let's learn how to play magic. Mm-hmm. So the reason I, I made the comment about the it feels like a master set is we were talking about the new Teferi, which yeah. we did. Uh, your your Reddit guy was correct. Yeah, right? he was pretty correct about a lot of stuff. Wasn't yeah, but he? like all of it, everything we mentioned last week has turned out to be true. Yeah. So Teferi, what was it? It's two blue blue for a three mana, or sorry, a three loyalty planeswalker. Plus yep. one, you can draw a card and discard. Minus mm-hmm. three, target creature an opponent controls phases out. And yep. then what is it? Minus nine, you can take two turns. And uh, it has a static of you can activate his Planeswalker abilities anytime you can play an instant. So you can activate them twice a turn cycle, once on your turn and once on your opponent's. Correct. It's With, uh, minus 10, though. Minus 10, sorry. Yeah, Which is the right. only way that like the phasing ability works, because right. things phase back in on your on the untap step. Untap, yep. Right, but we've seen a pretty decent number of cards in the set, and a mm-hmm. pretty decent number of high rarity cards, because that's usually how they do the previews, right? As they preview yeah. the higher rarity things first, and we're about a quarter of the way through the set. And we haven't seen another card with phasing. Yeah, really strange. And it that... seems just super weird. Like when they like just throw a one-off mechanic in a master set because they want to reprint a card. Yeah, actually, we only have um, a mythic and two rares in blue. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so there could be so more phasing in blue, but it just it just feels a little off that we yeah. haven't seen another like we haven't seen an uncommon with that has phasing right it's really strange that they decided to ratchet up the complexity so high just to include phasing and then not use it anywhere else and i know we keep mentioning that phasing is complex Uh, for example if something phases out all the enchantments all the auras that are on it phase with it correct it's not like when something goes to exile and then comes back when you blink something. Mm-hmm. No, no. It gets to take all of its pants with it. <laughs> Equipment too, right? Yeah. I guess those are hard pants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got my hard pants on today. <laughs> yeah, just got my steel-toed boots on and uh, we're, we're going great. Usually when something leaves leaves the battlefield, stuff falls off of it. Not when yeah. it phases. No, <laughs> it just go. You just take all those cards, that whole stack. You stick it under your playmat, and <laughs> just then pretend it's not there. When your untap phase comes around, you pull it out from under your <laughs> under your playmat, and you put it on top yeah. again. So but, I just had a thought be, because you said that. I wonder if they went with phasing instead of blink, 
because of mutate. That's what I had thought as well, because if you were to blink something, it would just blow up the whole mutate pile. Well, it wouldn't blow it up, but it'd split it up. Yeah, I mean, it would just take it instead of having one thing that has like this mutated six times, you would have like six things that have not mutated at all. Right. And that might be it because they might have been like, well, we can't, it messes with mutate too much. Yeah. So the set does seem complex. The kind of the tagline that Wizards is using, uh, using, well, I think the official slogan is it's magic time. It's uh, magic time. Yeah, which just sounds like the thing from Fantastic Four. <laughs> it's clobbering time. It's, it's just clobbering what, time. That's what Maro says, like just randomly at like work. I'm sure all the time. Hey guys, it's magic time, and then runs away. <laughs> just like okay, Maro, cool. So we have the what they've been selling for the set is yeah. iconic reprints, powerful new cards, and dogs. And dogs. Why and dogs? Because all the hounds from all of Magic's history are being eroded to dogs. Yeah, I guess this is something that Rosewater had been working towards for like 25 years years now. Yeah. Like ever since he started at Wizards, he's been trying to make hounds dogs. And I guess everybody he's ever worked for has always been like, nah, dude, hounds. Uh, Which, I don't know, like... Why is that the hill you're going to die on, someone? I have no idea. We can have cats? You can have cats. What about dogs? No. Hounds. Like, the saying is not, like, fighting like cats and hounds. Right. So, they've made all hounds dogs. All right. Correct. But for two and a red, you get a Mm 2-2. Elemental dog. Name? Bolt Hound. (laughs) He's Bolt Dog. No, bolt hound. But he's a dog. Right. I don't know. It's just dogs all the way around, people. <laughs> One or the other. One or the they other. They probably did that just as a joke. Probably. It's just like, no, no. We, we established that all hounds are dogs. Why do we still have hounds? <laughs> but it's a dog. Oh, speaking of really complicated cards for like no reason. Yeah. Here's a reprint that I missed. Okay. We're getting face fetters. Yeah, I saw that. It's like super weird. It is super weird. It's a cool card. I'm glad we're getting it. So they've really, they have pumped in a lot of reprints in this um, set. Yeah, some pretty heavy hitting reprints. Yeah, which just kind of, I think going forward, if they're going to do this frequently, like... I don't know how you buy like cards that aren't on the reserve list. <laughs> yeah. That aren't like. Unless you like lighting hundred dollar bills on fire. Yeah. Or just like there are some cards that are super niche and hard to reprint because of their mechanics. Yep. Like think about how long through the breach needed a reprint. That's true. And because it had arcane on it, it's hard to reprint because they can't just throw a card with arcane into a, into a core set. Right. It Presum- has to have something with arcane in the set. Otherwise it doesn't draft well. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. Now we say yeah. this and we currently have a card with phasing. Right. So the world is a strange place now, but well, they- right. But like phasing's a little different though. Cause at least with phasing, like it doesn't rely on another card having phasing like arcane literally sets on the card. 
you need another card with arcane. Yeah. So I feel like at least marketing is leaning super hard into having to have good reprints and absurdly pushed cards Mm -hmm. to sell sets. And I don't know if that's 100% true. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I think they're trying to like appease their customers who mainly now are EDH players, I think. And like they've been clamoring for a whole bunch of reprints for a long time. And like Pleasant Kenobi and the professor and stuff with their, you know, whole fetch land thing, which, you know, I get and I agree with have been kind of pushing the reprint button a lot, hoping to get a response. And I think they finally got a response. Yeah. So some of the things that got, uh, that have been announced as being reprinted mm-hmm. are Azusa Lost But Seeking. Yeah. This is crazy that it's a rare, right? Yeah. It was a rare in the master set it was in because it was in M25. Right, but that's not a standard legal set that no. gets mass produced. Yeah. But yeah, Azusa at rare is kind of crazy. Azusa, uh, this version was pre- is pre-selling for $14. Yeah. So How think, much did you pay for your Azusas? I think I probably got them for 10 to 12 In oh, that, okay. Again, in that like sweet, like, three weeks where all the cards crash after a new set comes out. Yeah. And so like I got mine then I didn't pay a ton for them. Okay. I I paid more than that for them, but I don't think I paid what they were before the set came out. I want to say they were up around like 50 or 60 bucks before the reprint. Yeah. So uh, this card is a modern staple. Yep. It's played in the, the amulet Titan decks. In addition to being a modern staple, Azusa also being just a card that ramps you is a card that we'll see play in Commander. Yeah, I mean, it's also going to see, it's definitely going to see play in Standard and Pioneer also. Yeah, like it's it's ridiculous because Azusa lets you play two extra lands, correct? Yeah, two extra. Yeah, so in the way green Standard decks are built right now with Grow Spiral... Uro and Orboil Grazer, mm-hmm. they're kind of set up for you to play 30 lands. Right. So you're always going to be able to, you know, in, in theory, go like Azusa at least play one land, if not two. Yeah. Th- this is actually kind of insane that Azusa is in the same standard as the Dryad, right? Like we have yeah. two cards that let you play additional lands on your turn. They both cost standard. three. Yeah. Yeah. Now the Dryad doesn't get played in standard. Like hardly at all. It's kind of yeah. A niche. I mean, it, it like people were testing it out when it first got spoiled, but yeah, it really hasn't stuck anywhere. Yeah, it's kind of hard with like Uro there, but you are like going to have a point where like Grazer and Grow Spiral leave. Yeah, and then you're just gonna have like all these three mana things that just let you go from three to four or five by the right. end of your turn. Mm-hmm. I think Azusa is going to see play. I don't think you run out and pre-order it. No, Typic- it's going to come, especially being at rare, it's not going to stick at $13, yeah. $14. Yeah. Typically pre-release is the highest price for most cards. Yep. The cards that people miss at pre-release that are like, I think this might be good, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And then it ends up just dominating like, Uro. 
Like I think uh, Uros. Jace Grimm's Prodigy. Yeah, like Uros were twenty dollars, and now oh, they're. Not, I think they were under twenty bucks. They made and then now they're thirty five or forty. They they I saw a buy list from uh, Cape Fear Games for twenty five dollars. Wow. For an Uro, and I was like, holy crap! Pre buying cards right now, not the thing to do, especially with uh, the fact that where are you going to play these cards? That's very true. Like, there's no reason to run out and, like, buy your Azuzas. Now, I'm saying yeah. this as I got, like, stacks and stacks and stacks of cards today. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, next up was the one that I think last week when you said its name, I was like, wow. Yeah. Grim Tutor. Yeah. It's uh, currently pre-selling for thirty four ninety nine. This was like a 220-ish dollar card like two weeks ago. Yeah. So this was kind of what started this kind of like section was just like, I can't imagine being the person who spent $200 on a Grim Tutor. Yeah. And now it's $35. And realistically, that price is going to go down. I, well, I mean, it's definitely going to go down the um, just because of collector boosters, man. Like collector yeah. boosters are doing strange things to the singles market. Why are you going to buy a you know a regular pack rim tutor when you can buy an extended art or an extended art foil or you know whatever? Yeah, but if you're just someone who wants a grim tutor when right. they're eight to ten dollars, oh yeah, yep, uh, they're going to be like easy to come by. They're not a card that's good enough to be played in Legacy or to be no. played in Modern. Right. I've seen people talking about them maybe in Pioneer, but... Yeah, I, what are you trying to piece together in Pioneer? Someone had mentioned it for Inverter. Like, you could see playing, yeah. maybe playing, like, one or something to be an extra Thassa's Oracle and an extra Inverter. I don't know if that's yeah. right, but... It, yeah, the, I don't know. Like, three mana seems like a lot for that deck, though. That deck's kind of mana-hungry. It is. But it's not going to be a card that's going to be played a whole bunch of places. Now, mm-hmm. there might be more people that, like, if you go to EDH Rec or mm-hmm. one of the EDH, like, deck sites, I'm sure that the number of decks that would want a Grim Tutor and the number of decks that actually have a Grim Tutor yeah. are different because Grim Tutor costs $200. Okay, well, here's a uh, here's something for you to think about, though, is... That's a format where Demonic Tutor is legal. And Demonic Tutor has been reprinted twice within the last 12 months and is $36 for the cheapest version. This is a worse Demonic Tutor. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that I don't think it's going to hold the $35 price tag. Yeah. But it could. Like, knowing that, I don't see how it can. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, like, I think. It could be eight to ten dollars. It might be a little bit more if there's more of a demand from people who've wanted Grim Tutors, right? But couldn't justify spending two hundred dollars. Yep. But I feel bad for the person who saved up and, like, you know, two months ago, got their Grim Tutor. Like they were <laughs> like, okay, yeah. I can either get this Grim Tutor, or I can get this Scrubland. Right. I'm gonna get the Grim Tutor, and they could have had Thanks a. Were made. Yeah, they could have had a Scrubland and a Grim Tutor. Yeah. Just like, oh. Now, I had mentioned this before the show started also, but if you are that person that went out and bought 
you know, uh, I guess it's starter 99 Grim Tutor. Don't feel too bad. Um, sets like Portal and Starter 99 are super low print runs that were, even at the time they were released, they were hard to find like places. You couldn't really go out and buy them. Um, they were like strictly a new player product that were, you know, not every store carried. So there's not many of the originals out there. That's why the price is so high. And there are 100% still going to be collectors willing to pay a premium for you know, the starter 99 version of this card because there's so few out there. I really don't see the value of the originals tanking a whole lot, but I do see just because there's so many more entering the market. I think these, the new ones are going to be significantly cheaper. Yeah. So next up is containment priest. Mm -hmm. This is a weird one. So it's one of the white for a flash two one. Mm -hmm. And when it's on the battlefield, if a creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast, if a non-token creature would enter the battlefield that wasn't cast, you exile mm-hmm. that creature. Right. It's not May, it just goes away. Yep. So, this was a Commander 2014? 14, I think. The monocolored Planeswalker ones. Yeah. It was in the Nahiri Planeswalker. Yep. And then, it was reprinted one other time. Mm-hmm. And it in is, Ultimate Masters, right? I think so. And it is pre-ordering right now on Star City for $2. Yep. This is probably on its way to a dollar. Like, I don't see it going over $2. Oh, no. I, I bet you it's under a buck. Yeah, because it, it's going to see cyborg play. And yeah. it's going to be like a one or two of in like humans yep. and in death and taxes in modern. Mm-hmm. And it'll see a little bit of play in standard, but it's never going to be a four of in any deck. Yep, probably just sideboard play unless there's a dedicated hate bear strategy. Yeah, but even then, like, you don't want the containment priest as your, like, one of your hate bears. Right. Because you want all your hate bears to do something every game. Yeah. So, and then next up is Eugene. Yeah, Big Daddy. $30. $30. I didn't realize he was pre-ordered for 30 bucks. Yeah. This is another one that probably doesn't hold that price. Though, you don't think so? I don't know. Like $30 I bet is, you he does. Okay. I guess $30 is a lot for a standard set mythic. Like think uh, about how many... Was $30 his entire time in standard when he was first printed. Oh, he was? Okay. I was just thinking, like, well, I mean, like, I can look it up right here. I'm pretty sure he was. I was just thinking about like Uro. Like, yeah. we look at Uro and we're like, oh man, Uro's like fifty dollars. Like, that's crazy. But Uro's like a four of in the best legacy deck, a four of in the best modern deck, a four of in the one of the best pioneer decks, and a four yeah, of in true. the best standard deck, and it's fifty. Yeah. So. So the lowest Ugin has ever been was during Kaladesh and he was $23. Okay, well maybe $30 is the right price. Yeah, he was 34 to $30 his his time in standard. Okay. And I think he will get played in standard. Oh, <laughs> there is no doubt in my mind he will get played in standard. Getting to 8 is trivial in standard. Yeah. Yes. And especially then, with some cards that we're getting. Yes. And then um we have Ruined Halo. 
hang on. I, ahead, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Ugin, or did you want me to wait to do that? No, go ahead. Talk about Ugin. So we said Ugin will see play in standard, and he sees play in, I think, every other format. Like, he definitely sees modern play. Yes. Does he see play in, like, post decks? He is. He, yes, he is a, a payoff in cloud post. I was going to I was going to preface it with uh, not real legacy decks. Well, okay, sure. <laughs> Tier um, two legacy decks love them some Ugin <laughs> and some Dragon Lord Dramoka. Ooh, spicy! Yeah. There's also I don't know if I talked about this on the show, but there's a rumor that Tron lands are going to be in Double Masters. Okay. That with an Ugin reprint and Karn's going to be in Double Masters may lead people into buying into Tron for modern. So like, is there something else that people might be able to spec on to make a little bit of money on the people trying to buy into Tron? It's hard. Like we have a list here, but I think it's hard because I don't know how much wiggle room is in a lot of the cards. Like, I don't know, like aren't worm coils like $20. I think I think they're more than that. And actually, I have in the notes here that I wouldn't be surprised if Worm Coil was in Double Masters also. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. Yeah. Like, and O-Stone was recently reprinted. It was reprinted in Iconic Masters. Yeah, and Stirrings was recently reprinted twice. It was in Mystery Boosters and one of the... I forget if it was Iconic or Masters 25 or whatever. Yeah, and it's an uncommon, so that's kind of hard. Because there was a point where Ancient Stirrings were $5 a piece. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there is a good like place to get in for What about um I get here like expedition map? Like they're kind of expensive for no reason and like have dodged a whole bunch of reprints. Do you think there's a reprint coming or I don't I don't know. Wasn't the last one like uh Modern Masters three? Was, was it there? actually in Modern Masters three? I didn't think that, that it had was a it, reprint. Or is it what Modern Masters two? The one where the where the two round things are facing each or like back to back. I'm holding up my hands like you can see them. Um, <laughs> it was uh, fifteen. Fif- so two, yeah. Two, okay. So yeah, I mean, you could maybe get it on maps. I don't know how much, like how much room they have to go up. Yeah. Right. Are people gonna not gonna really spend ten dollars for a map? Well, but, I mean, if you can get get discount Carns and Ugins, then maybe. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, if you're already like two hundred dollars in on cards, you're like, screw it, I'm getting the maps. Yeah. So maybe I was thinking, like, don't they? Do they still play? Um. Uh, was it the? Is it oh, they Temple? still play the eggs, right? They play stars the and eggs, spheres. Tar- stars and spheres. But the is it Temple of the Forgotten Gods? The land oh, that if you pay yeah. a big colorless thing, it lets you go get. Ugin col- Sanctum. Ugin Sanctum, yeah, yeah, it lets you go get a uh, a uh, something um, something something colorless. I guess you get a colorless creature. Yeah. Also, like World Breakers, they sometimes play. Mm-hmm. Like they might. What be... about um, Ulamogs? Yeah, I don't know how like much that, Ulamogs are. Eno- yeah, I mean they're kind of expensive, but that's new enough that it's probably going to dodge a reprint for a year or two. Yeah. Yeah. We're not super sure on this, so I don't want to see in the finance discord that someone didn't <laughs> didn't make rent. You guys are I, idiots. Yeah, I bought seventy five Ulamogs. Like, pump your brakes. <laughs> um, I guess the next reprint is Rune Halo, which I remember. Yeah, this when is Rune kind of a weird one. But I remember when Rune Halo was like ten or fifteen dollars. I think it was more than that at one point. Yeah, they were a lot. I and remember then, being priced out of Rune Halo. Like, 
I yeah. was building a deck list that wanted Rune Halo in the sideboard, and I was like, there's no way I'm paying that kind of money for that. Yeah, and now they're pre-selling for a dollar. Like, this card is going to see maybe some sideboard play in Pioneer. Yeah. I don't think it's going to get any more, like, saturated and modern because it's already legal there, and I don't think it's standard playable. This is going to be, like, a quarter. So during, I just looked it up, during Rivals to Ixalan, when Rivals released... It went from $22 to $40. Holy God. Yeah. And then it stayed around $40 through guilds. And then it dropped off. It got a reprint. Oh, that's right. It was an Ultimate Masters. Yeah. That's yeah. that's that's what mine are from. Yeah. Okay. So we'll talk a few other reprints that are in the set at the higher rarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're not, you know, we're not blowing any of the cool grading of cards. Uh, right. Right. So they have Massacre Worm. Mm-hmm. Three black, black, black for a 6-5. When it enters the battlefield, creatures your opponent's control get neg 2, neg 2 until end of turn. Whenever a creature an opponent control dies, that player loses two life. Seems pretty good. I've never seen this card on the battlefield outside of cube. Really? Yes. Never. Now... Do I think that getting to three black, black, black in current standard is trivial? Yes. Yeah. Do I think that this is going to be a way to uh, just obliterate some um, mono red decks? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're just going to cramp into this and you're just going to destroy their whole board? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, stars. Well, I mean, we already have Massacre Girl, which is a full black mana symbol less yeah that has a higher upside but doesn't have the additional text i i don't know if you could argue that this is it only hits your opponent's creatures like it lets you oh that's true it lets you like uh paradise druid into yeah into it now granted it doesn't get like an annex but it probably just eats the annex if they attack because mm-hmm. it's a six five, but yeah, yeah, like there is Massacre Girl and Massacre Worm. Yeah, but I don't know. Star City doesn't have Massacre Worm up because that's where I was getting my pre-order prices from. Okay, I think it was a pretty recent spoiler. It just might not have been up yet. Yeah, so like it was leaked early, but I think it. I think the actual spoiler was just you know six hours ago or whatever. Yeah. So another card that is an oldie, but. A goodie, I guess, mm-hmm. is Baneslayer Angel. Yeah, didn't we just have Baneslayer Angel in standard? Didn't we have like a? We've had like knockoff Baneslayer Angels. Like yeah, well, I mean, I was talking about Lyra. Lyra but... Yeah, I forgot about Lyra when we were talking about it. We're not sure if Baneslayer Angel is playable. Yeah, like Baneslayer Angel when it was in standard was like the thing to be doing. Yes. Like that's that's what shaped the meta was Baneslayer Angel, and yeah, like currently I don't think that it does anything. Well, what I was saying was, is Lyra was good, but Lyra was like a sideboard card. Right, it was a sideboard card out of control decks. Yeah, so like Baneslayer might just fill that role, but I forget how much. You know if they want it though, because they have Yorian. Yeah, they have Yorian, and they have Krasis. Yeah, like fine i'll just i'll gain some life and draw some cards but bane slayer angel right now is five bucks yeah i 
don't know if Baneslayer Angel holds that price. I just because so. there are so many Baneslayer Angels in the world. Because wasn't it part of like a bunch of cards that got printed like three core sets in a row or something? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2010, 2011 from the Vault Angels. And it was a promo for Duels of the Planeswalkers. Yeah, so there's a lot of them. Yeah. So it's going to be hard for them to... Like even the old, yeah, even the old ones. I just went and looked up. Even the old ones are like seven dollars, and that's before a like giant reprint. Mm -hmm. So again, like none of these reprints. I mean, other than Ugin, like, but none of these reprints are like run out and buy them. Not even Ugin. Like I wouldn't run out and buy any of these. Like I would just wait because they're gonna work their way down. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how much Ugin's going to work its way down. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it held thirty bucks for its duration in standard, and then went back up afterwards. But like, I would rather wait and see if it goes to twenty five. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Then like pre-order stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think there are any other. What are they called? Reprints. Uh, reprints. Dollar reprint. That that we need to talk about. Yeah, but I don't think so either. There are some wild cards in this set. Yeah. Did you want to talk about the new Thrag Tusk? Yeah. I, I know we had like a little mini discussion on it before the show. That's I didn't fine. Know if you wanted to. All right. So it's Elder Gargoth. Gargaroth. Gargaroth. Yeah. It's three green green yep. for a 6-6. Six, six. Mm-hmm. This continues R&D's standing uh, policy that if it's a number and then green green, you can put <laughs> Any amount of text on it you want because that is just too restrictive of mana cost for anyone to cast. Yeah, Two green symbols. Uh, it was like Verderous Gearhulk, right? Verderous Gearhulk was like, here's 8-8 eight, eight worth of uh, stats. Yeah, trampling. Trampling. And then we have Shifting Ceratops. Yeah, uh, Questing Beast. Questing Beast. Yeah, okay. So something green-green, you can just write whatever you want on it. So it's a 6-6. Six, yep. six, with vigilance, reach, and trample. So many keywords. So many keywords. It's like, hey, how many keywords did we give Questing Beast? <laughs> this one needs more. Yeah. It attacks. Um, it blocks. It goes over the top. Yeah. Whatever it attacks or blocks, choose one. Mm-hmm. Make a 3 3 beast. Mm-hmm. You gain three life. Or, or you, you draw a card. All right, cool. Is this card playable in current standard? No question mark. I don't think so either. Like we could be wrong, but I just look at it as it's a five mana card that doesn't do anything when it enters the battlefield. Yeah, it gets bounced by Teferi. It's fighting for a space with like Nissa. Oh yeah, and Nissa's just better. Like Nissa's just better. Harder to interact with. Yeah, you get your you get a three three haste every turn and it doubles your mana. Like, the five-mana slot in the green decks is just... It's Nissa and then just doing big dumb stuff. Because, like, the turn five slot isn't five-mana. It's ten mana. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I just realized on this thing that... Like, I knew that it read this way when I first read the card, but this has Vigilance. It does. So, like, if it doesn't immediately eat a removal spell or it's a fairy bounce or whatever... 
like you're going to get some pretty serious value out of it because it's going to block attack block attack yeah like you're getting two triggers per turn cycle you are but i just think about the you know how many times is it just going to be played and then immediately die yeah or get bounced and i know that the dies to doom blade argument is really crappy and no one likes it yeah but it's true when like everything else in the format enters the battlefield and then affects the battlefield yeah like, dies to doom blade is is very true or like pays you off as right. soon as it comes in the battlefield right like you have this or you have an uro which i know you have to do a little bit of work for your uro but yeah when you play your Uro the first time, it draws you a card, it gains you three life. Right. It's one turn cycle of this block and attack. Mm-hmm. And then Uro puts a land into play. Right. And then when you play your Uro, it does it again. Mm-hmm. And Uro does two of these things whenever it attacks. Right. So it's kind of the same card, but better. And it has recursion built in. Yeah, and it's just stickier. Right, I think there's just better things for green decks to ramp into. Yeah, probably. But it's weird looking at a card that is like this ridiculously pushed Mm -hmm. and being like, nah, probably not. Now, it could be playable in three months. If you think back to Doom Whisperer, Oh, yeah, that's true. It was just best in slot when everything rotated. Yeah, when it, like, because I got frustrated by that card. It's like, this card is not good enough. But I mean, I said that a ton of times. Like, I played the hell out of that deck, and I said that a ton of times, that Golgari midrange. Yeah. That it needs something at the top, and this is all you have. Like, I think I actually remember showing you the deck list I was going to play at, like, an RPTQ or something, and you were like, Doom Whisperer, really? Yeah, it's just. And I think I said, you know, you tell me a card to put in that slot. And there isn't anything. So when we yeah. go to five set standard, yeah. maybe this has a home. It could. It's also a beast. So it kind of fits in with like Kahira. Oh gosh, yeah. Okay. And if you're playing green, you're playing a bunch of creatures. It kind of fits in with Umori. Yeah, though, again, I don't know if we can play Umori. Yeah, I, I don't know if you can either. But. Yeah, it's just weird, like, looking at a card and being like, oh, every card in standard has to, like, pay you when it comes into play, and this does not pay me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's good enough. Because, like, right now it's $15. I, I don't see this being a $15 card. No, me neither. Like, it's unplayable in all non-standard formats. And we're oh, not, yeah. It, and we're not sure yeah, it's if it's just... playable in standard. Yeah, it's just kind of keyword big everywhere else, and keyword big's not good enough. Yeah, when you're just uroing stuff all the time. Yeah. Okay, so that's a little bit of finance, a little bit of new stuff for the cards, for the cards coming out in Core 21. We are going to do our like kind of full set breakdown next time. Yeah, uh, like two weeks probably. Yeah, two weeks. I guess there's one more thing. It's not so much about the card. It's about wizards trying to separate you from dollar bills. Holy moly, yeah. So Teferi, the new one, Mm -hmm. whatever he's called. Teferi, um, emptier of wallets. Yeah. Has four different 
standard pack printings. Well, five if you can if you count the showcase frame, right? Yeah, well I wasn't I was just thinking like not showcase frames, but just regular mythics. Yeah. It has four different printings. Yeah. The art of like the magic that's in front of him in mm-hmm. the landscape behind him is like subtly nearly imperceptibly different nearly imperceptibly like uh, when this was spoiled on whatever that weird game show thing was that they did i was watching so was i and i could not tell the difference between the arts i had to find a gif yeah where they cycled through the four arts yeah and you could kind of you could see that parts of it get darker yeah but it is super hard to see so just like when Throne of Eldraine happened and you were like, uh, I don't like these showcase things because I opened four murderous riders and I have a pack one, a pack foil, right. a showcase and a showcase foil. I have four of them. None of them match. Yeah. If you open two Teferi's, odds are they're not going to match. Gonna match. They have different collector numbers as well. Oh, do they? I didn't realize that. So I guess the, that makes sense. So the first art takes the slot that it should come in the set. So okay. wh- whatever the whatever Teferi should be in blue, it's you know card seventy or whatever. Yeah. But then the other ones have numbers that are I think outside of the normal set numbers. They'll be like 300 or something. Yeah. And I don't think they are not, they're not like, they're usually like, you know, even the cards from the, the welcome decks and stuff might be like 285 of 279. Yeah. I think these are just like 285. There's not oh, like okay. an out of these. I haven't been able to, I didn't zoom in on them super yeah. close, but it didn't look like there was a slash. What's okay. interesting is I think because of, how the the weird arts star city doesn't have them listed to pre to pre-order hmm. they just don't exist on star city i was just on uh mythic spoiler to look up the number thing you were just talking about just because i wanted to see and it does have a link to pre-order these on tcg player okay they're 43 dollars and 16 cents currently Whew. and a hundred dollars for a pack foil Oh my god. Yep. That is a lot of dollar bills. It is. I think that it that is like the blue white teferis doing a lot of marketing for this guy. Um I think that takes something away from this guy. I think this guy is better than that does. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, also. I th- I think it's good, but I don't know, like really like $42. Yeah. And it doesn't like give you it doesn't give you any card advantage, right? You get card selection. You don't get card advantage. That's true. But like I I saw people talk about it like in commander. Yeah. Right? Like you get to use his ability every turn. But one trip around the table. Yeah. He's at 7. Right. By the time it gets back to you, you take two turns. How does that work with the chain veil. Can you activate the chain veil on someone else's turn? I just, you're asking me questions that I don't, I don't. I've never even thought about the chain veil. <laughs> like, I know what it is, but 
Yeah. For each planeswalker you control, you may activate one of its loyalty abilities once this turn, as though none of its loyalty abilities have been activated this turn. So you can use the chain veil on your opponent's turn to yeah. let you use fairy twice on your opponent's turn. Yeah, but if you just go like your turn, he comes back at seven yeah. in a regular commander pod, mm-hmm. and then He's at eleven by the time he gets back to you. Yeah, and then you take two turns. And then he's back at three. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> but just the fact that they have four different arts, and like mm-hmm. even on the TCG link, I don't know where the other arts are. Yeah. I don't know why they decided to do that, especially like at a mythic. Yeah, it's really strange. It'd be different if it was like him to Turok. You know, if you were playing Fallen Empires, I'm sure you just had hundreds of him to Turoks. I did. I still do. Yeah, right. But. So they had four different arts, but they're commons. Mm-hmm. You're going to get all four arts. Yeah, and Fallen Empires was like a dollar a pack. Yeah. This is like a mythic. Right. And so even if you if you get two that are different and you have someone who's willing to trade, they have to have the art that you want. Right. It just seems like they're adding like needless like complexity to even the collection process. Yeah. For, it's not like you look at them and you're like, oh man, this is so neat. It tells this cool story about his time magic. Look at all this cool art. Yeah, it's, no, almost imperceptible. You're just like, what is different? Like, they have to all be sitting there and you have to be, and then you have to like really look. Yeah. I feel like I'm the dude from uh, Mall Rats that's trying to see the, <laughs> the, 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 sk- the schooner. It's a schooner. It's a boat. A schooner is a boat. Right? Like, that's... I'm just like, no, I don't see the magic eye trick. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Okay. So, this kind of leads into uh, some arena stuff. Mm -hmm. And that is historic. Okay. Now, we have not, on this podcast, been the biggest fans of historic because we've not felt like that you're playing for something, right? I think both of us are paper players, so we look at arena as a way to prepare for paper. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can't play in person because, I don't know, I might get a virus and die. So I'm going to play (laughs) on my computer because if my computer gets a virus and dies, I can just buy another computer. Um, Can't buy another Brian. No, no, I'm very fragile. Uh, So I played the the, the FNM at home historic event Mm -hmm. just because I don't know. I don't feel like figuring out standard for like two weeks. Right. It's all going to change and won't matter. So I'm just like, eh, all right, cool. So, and my first thought when playing this is, was, wow, this is a pretty diverse format. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I think I posted in the discord that I only played against like, one deck more than one time. And that was, I played against a treasure hunt deck, which the verdict is out on whether that's a deck though. I did lose to it twice, Uh, (laughs) but it wasn't like standard where you were running into like the same three decks over and over and over again. And you're not, and you weren't running into the same cards. Even if you're not playing the same against the exact same deck in standard, right? You know, if they play a forest, you're like, okay, cool. When's the Uro? When's the growth spiral? It's like, ooh, they're black. I get casualty divorce. 
Ooh, they're white. I get <laughs> Elspeth Conker's death. Ooh, variety. Yeah. Right? This was like kind of wildly different strategies playing That's just good. like random cards, right? Yeah. You're just like, oh, I haven't seen that card played before. Like you ran into like dinosaurs. Like someone was hyped to get to play their dinosaur cards. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, like it's a girl aggro deck, but it's dinosaurs instead of like the normal stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a bad person. Okay. And I was like, I was like, all right, what's all this Winota stuff I'm hearing about? What's the most degenerate thing possible I can do in a format? Mm-hmm. Check and, and check. Winota oh, was busted. Yeah, was busted. Was busted. So immediately when they finished the historic F&M, mm-hmm. they went into the historic shakeup, which mm-hmm. they did the classic thing where they like banned some cards out of the format. Yeah, actually, they banned a bunch of cards, right? That list was pretty long. I counted it was 26 cards, yeah. with 12 of them being currently legal and standard. Um, so, Fire. Well, 12 that were currently legal and standard or that had been banned, banned in standard already. Okay. All right. So that format didn't have Winota. Yeah. And so, again... It was pretty diverse. I think I got 10 wins Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in the format. Oh, wow. Um, so for the historic shakeup, I was just playing cycling. Because mm-hmm. you get to go. I went. To, I, went, I posted the deck. Uh, you get to go up lands. I was playing 22 lands because you get to play the eight cycling lands that are red yeah. and white. Uh, good times. And deck's fine. As the weekend went on, things started to kind of coalesce a little bit. There was a lot of hardened steel or tempered steel. I'm sorry. Yeah. I played against that deck a couple times when I was trying to get my wins. Yeah. There was a lot of tempered steel towards the end. And I'm trying to think with the other deck I played a number of times. It's close, man. It's just kind of like wins out of nowhere sometimes. Yeah. Like I had an opponent that went like ginger brute into, um, steel overseer into three, one drops into ten, mm-hmm. into unbreakable formation, like there that was their draw, and I was like, "Oh, I can never beat that." Yep, pack it up, boys. Yeah, they drew exactly. They drew four lands, and the last turn of the game was play a one-one a Stone yeah. Crow Serpent, unbreakable formation attack, tap my Seal Overseer, Ooh. and I was just like, "Yep, yeah, cool." You drew. You saw 11 cards this game or something, and they were the perfect 11 cards. <laughs> no one in the format beats those 11 cards. The format does skew a little aggressive, mm-hmm. but by and large, it was it has been pretty enjoyable. And I was looking at the format and trying to figure out kind of how to use the format for paper. Is like a way to test Pioneer, you mean? Yeah, it's a way to test Pioneer, or you're not going to test test the format, but you can like right. see decks that can that you can take the kind of the core of it, move mm-hmm. it to Pioneer, but you can like see if you like the play patterns. Yeah. So I was all excited. I have here in front of me, let's shake it. <laughs> oh, I hear it. Yeah. I had a, a Nota Pioneer deck. Because I was like, hey, 
This is busted and historic. We can make it way better in Pioneer. You guys should like get on some Winota so you can see if it's the kind of deck you'd want to play in Pioneer. <gasps> they banned Winota at 3 o'clock today. <laughs> 3 o'clock Monday, it's gone. It is no longer historic legal. Yeah. Well, suspended. 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 They're like, if we ban it, I'm like, you are banning this. This card is never coming <laughs> off of suspension. And yeah, let Winota's me, been a bad girl. Let me tell you why. On turn three, my opponent was at 19. I had played a Llanowar Elf, and I had played, uh, what's the Enraptured guy? The 2-3 that makes a 3-2 reflection. Uh, Aliros or yeah. whatever. Aliros Enraptured. That was my turn two. Turn three, I went Neoform and then attack with two things, and I uh -huh. think I did... Uh, 38 damage on turn three. Holy moly. I think I got two um, Angras Marauders, which if you have two, it does quadruple the damage. Whew. So I think I did like 16 and then like, it was an absurd number. <laughs> on turn three. Man. Like, not okay. Yeah, now, I see... Okay smushing people on turn three in historic and i think there are way better cards than pioneer <laughs> and all of these cards are still legal so that kind of got me thinking about like well if you find a deck that like part of it can like move over you might not end up with a tier one pioneer deck but if you find like a tier two deck that you can enjoy playing and win some games with mm -hmm. that you can like work the kinks out in um in historic or at least figure out the lines might as well yeah. so i was all there for you for winota but winota's dead now but i will talk about my my idea for pioneer for the people here okay all right yeah so you had some other other ideas here that i somehow missed yeah i, I started working through these today so jeff hoogland has been doing hooglandia tournaments hooglandia right and your name their last two Glandia tournament, like six of the top nine were, was it four color Winota? But yeah. they were uh, Amori decks. Yeah. So they had the four Winotas, but were finding their Winotas with Fauna Shaman. Okay. Right. But I think that kind of a better analog to what you'd want to do in Pioneer were the four color standard decks mm -hmm. where you're using. In standard, you were using Neoform mm -hmm. to find your extra Winotas, right? To turn your three drops into Winotas. Right. Well, you have Eldritch Evolution in Pioneer. Mm -hmm. It costs an extra mana, but if you slammed a three drop on turn two, you should probably have three mana on turn three. Right. It to, also lets you, I don't know if you run two drops, but it lets you turn a two drop into Winota also. Yes. Yeah, so it gives you a little more flexibility. What the deck's trying to do is you're trying to get a winner on the battlefield and you're trying to get Angress Marauders onto the battlefield. So like we talked mm -hmm. about, it just gives basically all of your stuff double strike. Yeah. So the things that are kind of better about the deck in Pioneer are you get eight elves, you right. get four Elvish Mystics, and you get four Llanowar Elves. Mm -hmm. The standard version was playing Gilded Goose, and yeah. same with the uh, historic version. But with Gilded Goose, it's awkward because there are times that you want to 
play your three drop on turn two, but now you don't have a food to play your Winota on turn four or on yeah, turn that, three. That kind of stinks. Yeah. So having the elves that are just going to let you go three into four right. is really good. You also get the best token making three drop in all of magic. Which yeah, is you do. Goblin Rabble Master. Ooh, so the I like El- giving him double strike. Yeah, so the Aliras, that goes away for Goblin Rabble Master. So now we've cut the blue out, basically, yeah. right? Neoform's gone for Eldritch Revolution. Aliras is gone for Rabble Master. Mm-hmm. This is this is something that I like. I'm sure if you played this in Pioneer, your your mileage may vary. I like the idea of having Sorak Dragonclaw. Like yeah. now he brings the blue back in. But you're never casting this guy. That's not what the, this game's about. So right. he's two in teamer for a 6-6 six, six that has flash. He can't be countered. Spells, Creature spells he control can't be countered. He's just a wall of text. Mm-hmm. Totally unplayable and standard in, in his time. And other creatures you control have trample. So Plays good with double strike. Plays good with double strike. Really good. It's like build your own ember cleave for everything. Yeah. So I was like... Or cleave we, the team. You could cut your Hakdoses for your dragon, cl- your Sorak Dragon Claws. Oh yeah, I like that. And if you wanted, if you wanted to have a little bit of blue mana and to have more untapped green sources, you could play some mana confluences. Yep. Right. Pretty easily. Yeah. So you have this. Your other like three drop would be Legion War Boss, another yep. token maker. The other kind of big thing to put in could be Kenrith. Mm-hmm. And Kenrith also gives you the out of if you have a spare red mana, he can give yourself trample as well. Right. Right. So if you on turn four drew your Winota, right, and you had an elf, you could like leave up a red, play your Winota, attack, and then give all yourself trample if you hit uh, a Kenrith. Right. And That's it's pretty just, good. And it's just a giant five five. Mm-hmm. And then I had like two bone crusher giants for a little interaction. I cut them down. I initially had four, but what you brought up was the two drops. And so the best two drop, you want a two drop that leaves a body and we just have one of those goblin instigator. Yeah. So I was at three goblin instigators because that gives you another draw that doesn't involve an elf that gets Mm -hmm. to go two drop into evolution and get a Winota. So it just gives you another like kind of nut draw yeah. where you don't have to have an elf where just Eldritch Revolution is going to get you to your Winota and you're going to have a guy to make get one trigger. Right. And the deck would have a reasonable backup plan of just like rabble mastering people. Mm-hmm. Like against. Yeah, con- especially if you're on rabble master and war boss. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of tokens. Yeah. Just every like turn two, like the deck is basically set up that turn two, you're going to have a 2-2 that makes a 1-1 haste guy. Like, every game with eight elves and eight of this effect. Yeah, and, like, that was borderline a modern strategy also. That was, like, the original, like, Pioneer Gruel decks were just, like, how many Rabble Masters can I get onto the battlefield? Mm -hmm. I'm sure, too. Yeah, and this just has kind of a combo kill in it as well. And the mana base, if we're going to go all out here, was like four Stomping Grounds, four Temple Gardens, four Sacred Foundries, probably four Rootbound Crags, and two Forests. And then mm-hmm. the last spot is, I was like, well, we can have Mana Confluence, gives you some more white sources if you have to cast your Renota, gives you blue if you like draw your Sorak Dragon Claw. Mm-hmm. But I really think the deck's trying to win on like turn four. 
So yeah, even, I think so too. And you want like when I was playing it in historic, it was just hey, I want to jam. Like I always want to keep a hand that gets me a Winota. I want a card that is either a Winota or that can become a Winota in my hand yeah. in a way to like do it on turn three. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I can't tell you to like play it in historic because they killed it but i also think that if they kill it kill a card in historic it's probably good enough for pioneer probably i think you're right and if you can kill people on turn three in pioneer seems that's good. faster than inverter right yeah inverter is turn four like turn four five yeah. on a good day yep. now there is better interaction and you mm-hmm. are just kind of a dopey creature deck in Pioneer, but is at least worth something f- to try. And other than the lands, I think the most expensive cards are five dollars. Like Rabble yeah. Masters are five dollars, and One Notas are five dollars. I mean, it seems fun too. Yeah, I was having a blast with it. Yeah, but again, that's the kind of magic I play. Yeah, now, but I think like Waterfalls de- decks in general are kind of fun. Yeah. So another thing that I was getting that I was like, what is happening here? And then I died. Was Jund Storm Herald? Have you seen okay. this at all? I have not. I was kind of reading through a little bit while you were talking about okay. Winota. So Storm Herald is the three-two with haste for two and a red. Yeah. That when it comes in the battlefield, you can put any number of or uh, creature auras from the graveyard onto Storm Herald, and then at the end of turn, they get exiled. Okay. So. This deck was filling its graveyard, playing Storm Herald, and putting Prodigious Growth, which is three green green, I do believe, for yeah. target creature gets, uh, enchanted creature gets plus seven, plus seven, Ooh. and plays Ancestral Mask, which is target creature gets plus, enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two for each uh, enchantment you control. Now, okay. Pioneer doesn't have Ancestral Mask. Ancestral Mask is a card that was thrown into Historic. Yeah, so, one of the historic like, bundles or whatever. Yeah. yeah, so you lose that, but it plays some pretty god awful cards. Yeah. So to fill its graveyard, it plays one. It plays the best card to do that, which is Citrus Supplier, and then uh, Meyer Triton, which is fine. Yeah, it's acceptable. Yeah, and then Cathartic Reunion to discard. You know your prestigious growth. I guess sorry, prestigious growth is forward green green. To discard your enchantments, right? It plays Satession Training, which is just awful. But it's there to, like, cycle when you, like, have a Mire Triton out or something just to, like, get you a little bit deeper in your deck. Well, it also gives Trample. It does, but uh, Storm Herald comes with... Oh, I guess he only comes with Haste. But yeah. the Prodigious Growth comes with Trample. Right. It has Binding... What about, the, what about the plus 20, plus 20 thing? It taps him. Right, but if it's already attacking, no, oh, it's not on attack. It's ETB. It's, it's ETB. So uh, yeah, that sucks. it would tap him. The Arena Boys played a deck where they were doing that. Yeah, but they were also playing um, Claim the Fort Firstborn. Oh, so you would okay. Storm Herald. You put the, you put the Colossification on him and tap him, and then yeah. you would untap him with your. Uh, Claim the firstborn. That's spicy. Please don't do that, anyone. Uh, <laughs> At least it, not to you, right? Yeah, not to me, please. And then it has Binding of the Titans, uh, which is the um, saga that each player mills three. 
mm-hmm. and then you get to exile two cards from a graveyard and you get to return a creature or land from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah, it seems all right. And it plays Temeret Calls the Dead, yep. which is three Another mana. Payoff. Yeah, and you just mill and you get to eat stuff to make zombies. All right. So this deck is Jund. It is Jund. And it looks like you're reasonably heavy black. Like all of your low drops are black. Mm-hmm. I wonder if um, Ashiok would be better than Timuret Calls the Dead or Binding of the Titans. So, in Historic, maybe. I thought about that as well. Like, just mill yourself for four yeah. and exile their graveyard. I think right. it might be... Like, Timuret Calls the Dead does give you some bodies to randomly block stuff. Yeah. But I think Ashiok would just be kind of more all-in on yeah. getting you cards in your graveyard. But... The kind of the thing that is uh, cute is Call of the Death Dweller. Yeah. So that gives you four extra Storm Heralds. So you don't care if you mill them. Oh, yeah, that's kind of cute. So you can just turbo mill yourself and you've got eight Storm Heralds. And if you have a Call of the Death Dweller, you're Hmm. just flipping your deck over to hit your Storm Herald. And the fact that it gives it Menace and Death Touch. Yeah is really good when it also has trample. <laughs> this is true. Yes. So I got clowned. Guy was like, brought his, uh, whatever, his Storm Herald played it. And I was like, okay. And I couldn't quite read it. I just saw, I couldn't read the first number for some reason. I just thought it was at something 29. And I was like, oh, why oh, is no. it? I was like, ah, whatever, it's fine. Didn't block, couldn't block because it had menace. And right. uh, I took 35. Wow. And I was like, huh, I guess I was just dead. That was only five auras. There were five wow. auras on it, and I took 35. So <laughs> I was like, okay. Again, this seems like it would be like a tier two, like firmly yeah. tier two pioneer deck. But there are some like, huge upgrades in the mill package mm-hmm. uh, that you would get in um, Pioneer. The first being secretly the best card in Pioneer, which is Seder Wayfinder. My boy. Wait, one in a green, get a 1-1, one, one, flip the top four cards of your library, and put a land in your hand. Yeah, if you care about that thing. Yeah, I, you, you need your third land. That's but, true. I don't care about anything. You need your third land. You also have Grizzly Salvage. Which is five cards, right? Five cards for black green as an instant. Put a land or a creature in your hand. Mm-hmm. Right? So that finds you your third land to play your Storm Herald, or it yeah. finds you your Storm Herald. The right, so you could take out your Mire Tritons for the Wayfinders, the Timurit Calls the Dead for the Grizzly Salvages. The card that you have to change because it's not pioneer legal is Ancestral Mask. You okay. can put in like Wolf's Mantle because that gives plus four, plus four. Yeah. There aren't any like big ridiculous enchantments other than prestig- uh, prodigious growth and classification. Well, you're never planning on casting this stuff, right? Never. And you have the Cathartic Reunion to pitch copies in your hand. Yes. So you could play like Ethereal Armor. You could. It's like plus one, plus one for each enchantment. Okay, that's reasonable. Or... I- like I guess that doesn't work with bestow though, right? No, like boonsayer. Well, no, there was that. Um, was it Eidolon of Countless Battles? Oh yeah, 
It's equal number of creatures you control. Well, it's enchantments, enchantments. and creatures. Okay. Yeah, it wouldn't work with that. I don't think. Yeah. I was thinking like if you went white, you could do like was it spectral ward that gives plus oh, two yeah, plus two and protection from all colors. But yeah. it specifically says on that card it does not make auras fall off. Oh, okay. It says this ability does not remove auras is part hmm. of the the text on the card. Yeah, so, that's like a five mana aura, right? Yeah, for it's like three white white for plus two yeah. plus two, but then it's just unblockable. Right. So you could kind of put together a reasonable deck kind of built around Storm Herald. Uh-huh. Again, other than the mana base, which since it's a three-color deck, it's like basically the 12 uh, Shocklands yeah. and some Checklands. Mm-hmm. The rest of the deck is like dirt cheap, like Storm Heralds are 33 cents. Prodigious, Prodigious growth, growth is are like a, Yeah, is a, is a bulk card. Yeah. And then everything else is like an uncommon or a common. Huh. The sideboard has a few more expensive things. Like it has four croxes in the board in this version. Just to which, change it up, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing against like a control deck that can like kill your storm heralds. Yeah. You need a backup plan. Right. You just kind of cut that. You cut like you could cut your, uh, what is it called? Your like enchantment storm herald package and just become like, it looks like it just becomes like a, like a Jund, a Jund midrange yeah. deck. They bring in agonizing Gross, remorse. Yeah. Yeah. So you just get this like, this kind of uh, like just big mid mid range deck. Hmm. So this was something that like I got clowned by it, and I was like, well, 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 I don't know. And then like it happened again. I was like, okay, I know what's up now. The first time I had no clue. I just was like went from like alive and like I'm gonna beat this person. This. I have no idea what they're doing to I'm super dead. <laughs> the next time I knew it was happening. Yeah. And, uh, well, cycling doesn't have a lot of two mana interaction. So, uh, I got, got again. The deck seems cool though. Yeah. It de- is definitely I doing might, something. I might check that out when we, uh, when we finish up here tonight. Yeah. It's definitely something that I built it on arena. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, yeah. but it's definitely, it's something different. Yeah. And, uh, like again, any deck that I get to play Seder Wayfinder in is a good time. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so, and then the last deck that is kind of near and dear to my heart is Kethis Combo. Oh, Kethis Combo. Oh, Kethis Combo. Yes. But if this is the kind of deck you like to play, mm-hmm. the historic version is pretty much the version that was in standard. Yeah. And then the Pioneer version has a few, like, small upgrades that make a huge difference. Yeah. You have down here Hope of Giraper. Yeah, Hope of Giraper, when you have a Kethis out, is just free. Right. So you can just start looping those to mill yourself with uh, Diligent Excavator. Mm-hmm. So it's just another zero mana thing to mill yourself. And then the Planeswalker Suite's a little different. In the pioneer, sorry, in the historic version, they play um, Tamio. Okay. But uh, the list I saw when I was looking at the, the pioneer versions uh, made a change that I had thought about doing, which is that they play Liliana, the Last Hope, because her minus puts a creature from your graveyard into your hand, like puts two cards yeah. in your graveyard. So it kind of does the Tamio thing, like when mm-hmm. Tamio uh, minuses to pull a card out of your graveyard. Yeah. This kind of does the same thing. And in 
Pioneer, you have a legendary land in Urborg to give you more legends to oh, feed yeah. to uh, Kethis. There's only that's the only legendary land in all of Pioneer. Wow, that's weird. Yes, or the only legendary land that's playable on the deck, but I think it's the only legendary land, like period, hmm. that is that is Pioneer legal. So. If Kethis combo is a thing that you like, if you like that kind of like fiddly stuff. Yeah, and you do. I do. But if yeah. you can get good at it in uh, Historic, when you play it in Pioneer, you have to learn, like see a few other lines that might be maybe a little different, but you'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, wow, like this is like a turbocharged version of what I've been doing. And you're going to know the basic lines and kind of how to get around random things that, that like show up yeah you'll you'll have seen a lot of those same like hate cards you know let it be uh leyline of the void or grafter's cage you're gonna know how to like cyborg for that or you're gonna know how yeah. to uh like play around those things yeah the only other one that they get in pioneer is rest in peace. they do get rest and, in peace but you don't really play around that differently than you would like, like the other hate you know what i mean yeah like if they play a cage, it's kind of like having a rest in peace. You play a little bit different, but if they play a ley line, you're just rest in peace. Right. You just have to get rid of it somehow. Yeah. So, like you'll you would like learn how to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, those are three like pioneer decks. Well, they were three. Now they're two pioneer decks that are kind of different. They're not just like play gruel aggro, play dinosaurs, <laughs> play control. They're kind of three different decks that are doing something a little unique and that at least can you can get a taste for in Historic before you move on to try to put it together in Pioneer. Because, right, yep. you might think Kethis Combo sounds cool, and then if you buy the cards for it and then you don't like it. Right. Right? But you, you can play it on Arena and or be like... Or if you buy all the foils for it and then it gets Shadow Banned four times in a row. I don't have all the foils for it. I have most of them, thank you. But yes. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's that. The the shadow ban is they kept banning things to affect other decks and they just kept knocking cards out of my deck. It was Oath of Nissa and then they banned something else too. Yeah, well, it happened more than twice. I think it was yeah. like three bans in a row hitting you without hitting. Yeah, without meaning, they weren't like, oh, Kethis combo is too good. They just blew yeah. up other decks and got me. Yeah. And I was like, why are you doing this? <laughs> what is going on? I'll tell you what cards they got. Okay. Let's see if I can figure it out. So I was like buying the foils. I have foil emeries. Like I was I was there for it. They banned Oath of Nyssa. Oh, Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Once that was another time. one. Uh, I was I did have like two Okos in the deck, and they yeah. got rid of Oko. Yeah, so those were the three bands that took out cards I had in the deck. Yep. And I'm sure I had a Veil of Summer in the sideboard, so four. <laughs> Probably. But Veil of Summer and Oko were not banned because one deck was too good. They were just banned because they were uh, hideous, atrocious magic cards. <laughs> Once Upon a Time made green too good, but it was also a hideous disgusting magic card <laughs> yeah i think oath of nissa is fine probably but 
they were trying to ban stuff without banning Leyline of Abundance. Right. And, well, they're like, oh, Oath of Nyssa finds you stuff and leaves a devotion. Oh, they were trying to not ban Nykthos. Yeah. That's why they got rid of Oath. Yeah. So, yeah, Oath died for Nykthos' sins, and now no one plays Nykthos. Yep. Also, um, here's here's a finance tip for you. I have fat half of inverter foiled out, so you should probably start selling your pieces because it's going to get banned now. <laughs> like that's what I'm doing with the with the the store credit I'm getting from getting rid of all the stuff we got rid of recently. All the bulk, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, foiling foil, out inverter. Foiling out inverter. It looks pretty fancy. Uh, but yeah, so get out now because they're going to ban dig through time, <laughs> <laughs> and then the deck's not going to work. Uh, so yeah, so I'm. I'm really looking smart with this financial decision. <laughs> Isn't that the way it always goes? It is. It is. And like, you know, I have um, Dark Depths foiled out. They're never mm-hmm. going to ban that deck, but it just can never beat an Oko. <laughs> and like, you're also racing like a turn three Uro, which puts them to 23. Yeah. And you, they have to be at 20. Can't be at twenty one to be at twenty and twenty. Yeah, twenty three is the same as forty to me. <laughs> it's just yeah. like I can't. Like, oh, I gotta attack twice. Oh. Well, maybe so, when we go back to Zendikar, there'll be a green or black land that lets you fling something. Yeah, that's what we need. We need a fling land, or you know, a green land that like gives it. Like, we need a Hashap Oasis that gives it like trample. Yeah. Plus three, plus three, and trample. Yes, please. So, there you go. Those are some fun historic decks that can be yeah, pioneered. I think decks. I'm going to check out that Storm Herald list. Yeah. I uh, kind of had my eye out for a historic list that like struck my fancy, and everything I found was like nowhere even remotely close to what I like. I didn't even know what I was looking for, but I knew nothing I was finding was what I was looking for. Yeah. And like, I really didn't feel like wading through the quagmire that is twitter right about now so yeah i think that at least what i found like i said in historic there's a lot of linear aggressive decks because it has the same problem that pioneer does yeah where the removals are not quite good enough yeah to stop that kind of thing so like people are just trying to get under you but you can just get your feet under you and like actually play real games of magic like Mm -hmm. i have found like the they did the artisan format and I was like, Oh, this is okay. Like I'm actually like attacking and blocking and doing things. Mm-hmm. And historic did have like a feel of some attacking and blocking and doing things. Yeah. It still has the like standard problem where, like I said, your opponent draws like the perfect, their like their hand and their first four draws are unbeatable by all decks in all formats. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, I guess I, I couldn't do anything. Yeah, I think I ended up playing like a, a historic version of Jun Food. And for the FNM at home, my first two games, I played a cat and my opponent scooped. And then when we went to the Artisan event, I think I played an oven and my opponent scooped. Wasn't cat banned in Artisan or no? I don't think so. Um, I had an opponent who went turn one cat. Yeah. Turn two, oven, oven. Turn three, oven, claim the firstborn. Whew. 
And I was just like, I'm going to concede because I'm going to die, but I'm also not going to want to sit here for 15 minutes as you click your way through all these ovens. <laughs> I just don't want to. I'm done. I was like, yeah. wow, like that is an unbeatable hand. <laughs> they they just played four uncommons. Like they did. They played four unbeatable uncommons. Just that combination of uncommons is the hard lock to attacking and blocking. Can but never win. Can never win. It's like congratulations. I will concede now. Like I, said, I I've just been playing cycling. Yeah. It's, that deck is still like good. Yep. So, and that's another cheap deck too. Yeah, you can like the only thing that I kind of bought for it was I bought the cycling lands, which I think are at uncommon. Okay. Or uncommon or common. The uh the red and white cycling lands. The list I posted on Twitter, I had four uh clifftop retreats, but I cut those for just plains and mountains. Yeah. Because like the them being tapped on turn one hurt too much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that deck's just fine if you played it in. If you drafted some Aquaria, you have that deck. Just slap some lands in it, and you're good. So this has been a lot of arena talk for us, mm-hmm. not officially being in the arena talk section, right? But yeah, we said Winota's banned and historic suspended, whatever. Yeah. Like they get to do this weird thing where they suspend a card, and they're like, no wild cards for you. Yeah, that's really strange when I saw, when I read that part of the announcement. We'll give you wild cards if we ban it. Right. And it's like, so you just don't ban it ever? Yeah. Like, it's banned. I go in. I can't play it. Yeah. If I put it in my deck, no good. Well, one of the things they said in the announcement is that you can still play it in standard. And I think even, even though there has been some focus shifted to historic there's still way more standard getting played than historic. No, this is true. I understand where they're coming from, but it just kind of feels weird. Yeah. That they're like, oh no, it's it's suspended. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to give you anything for it. It's like, yeah. Like again, like you made a historic queue. Like what if someone's jam is playing historic? It's true. And their jam was playing Winota was a good and right thing to do <laughs> sure fair magic just how richard garfield intended yeah he i'm sure he was like i had this cool mana system and you know you're gonna play a land that's gonna tell you how powerful your cards are but then i went on turn four i want you to put 25 mana worth of cards on the battlefield <laughs> i think that's how this game should work out i want you to be constrained by resources for your first two to three turns and then go nuts. And the floodgates open. <laughs> Once, if you make it to turn four, you deserve to just do whatever you want. They call that a like a rolling start in F one racing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just you just roll into it, then you just gun it. It's like oh cool. Everybody gets two laps at fifty miles an hour, and then you go. Yeah. So. Or I guess not F one. F one standing start, but like NASCAR is NASCAR. Start. Yeah. Get, get the pace car out there. Lana War Elf is your pace car. Yeah, <laughs> it just warms you up. You're like, oh, hey, Atlanta World, thanks for the thanks for the warm up. <laughs> Twenty power, go. Oh, what happened? Poof, so, you're a Winota. <laughs> poof, you're a Winota. Now go away. Has there been any like other things going on in the arena? I don't. I don't think so. I think. I mean, like like you said, we just spent basically the whole episode on arena. 
All right. So one thing I wanted to touch on as we move to the end of the Ikoria season, which mm-hmm. feels super weird to say. Yeah, it like feels it, like it just started. Yeah, it just feels like it's you know just started, and we're like already in core twenty one spoilers, and I think there's only like two more weeks left. Yeah. Um, two weeks of mastery pass, so yeah. Yeah. So the mastery passes. So the Ikoria one at the start of the season, there was some kind of consternation that it was a little bit less generous. Yeah. Than the previous ones. The things that I look at, I look at the kind of the gems because mm-hmm. that kind of knocks it down what the actual price is, right? So if you make right. it to the max level, those gems just come like right off what you paid. Mm-hmm. Right. So the max level for this one is 80. Okay. And so for this, you get 4,000 gold and 8,000 gems. And it's 3,400 gems to buy the pass. 800 gems. But it's 3,400 gems to buy it. Right. Yeah. You said 8,000 gems. Sorry. You get, you, get, 8, gems. you get 800 gems. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. That'd be a good deal. If we got 8,000 gems. That would be a very good deal. You get 800 Free gems. money. Yeah, so basically it works out to being 2,600 gems if you make okay. it to the max level. Now, if you look at Theros, Theros went to 90 yeah. was the max level. So it was slightly longer. I think that this season is 71 days, and Theros was like 84 days. Okay. It was slightly longer. Almost a week, yeah. Almost a week. But... For those extra, like, 10 levels, when you bought the Theros uh, Mastery Pass, you got 1,800 gems. Yeah, so you got 1,000 more gems right off the rip. Yeah, and it seems like it's the same number of packs. I'm trying to find the packs here. I think it's 20 packs for both of them. Okay. So you are just paying like an extra thousand gems for this, for this one as compared to the ones you had done previously. What's a, what's a draft token worth though? Cause that has a gem value, right? Yeah. There is a draft token included with Ikoria. I guess I don't know. I'm assuming it's in there. I, I've not bought it. Yeah. And this is the first well, time I'm... they've given, given a draft token. Yeah. A draft, a draft is a, thousand gems though right is it so is that where they're getting you it might be they're just giving you the draft token as opposed to the the thousand gems maybe maybe i guess, I guess i'm not 100 percent sure if a draft is a, a thousand gems it's I don't somewhere remember. around there but just keep that in mind that if you were like going if you were like oh this is only going to cost me 1600 gems i'm going to get like a bunch of gems back when i do this mm-hmm. you're not going to get as many gems back yeah. Your gems have already been used to purchase a draft, it would seem. Mm-hmm. So, Which is fine. Yeah. Like if you're planning on drafting core 20, even once, it's fine. Yeah. And I will say that hopefully the draft format is good. Like, I'm usually not the biggest fan of core set draft. Yeah. Because it usually, it's usually a little it simple. It gets stale real quick. Yeah. I do not know if I will be grinding my way to Mythic and doing 50 two drafts in three weeks. Yeah. That will probably not happen. Yeah. I, could be I will wrong. not be. <laughs> You're like, I will definitely not be. Yeah. So I think that's everything, right? We've again, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's everything. 
we've managed to go almost two hours. The classic. <laughs> we pulled uh, the show. Yeah, we, we made it the almost show. nothing to talk about and made it last for two hours. Yeah. I'm glad you guys like this. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I like doing these ones anyway. I, I prefer the more conversational ones. Yeah. According to our Discord, our listeners do too. So yeah, I was I was happy that I don't know who made the comment. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Someone said that they like the show and they always find that they learn something. And I was like, Oh, that was Ken, wasn't it? Was that Ken? I think Ken, I think Ken said that. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, Oh, people learn stuff. This is this is amazing. Learning is fun. Yeah. Uh, I was like, Oh, there we go. I was like, That is very nice. Yeah, it was Ken. Still listening to it. Fantastic as always. Learn more than I think I don't know. There we go. I didn't realize that Ken had made it on here. All right. Because I remember Ken, when we yep. had, had mentioned a Discord, he's like, I don't know about that. Yeah. So, yeah, Ken is, uh, Ken is Mayan. Ken is Mayan. Yes. Now that I see him there, I was like, oh, yeah, that is Ken. Yeah. So there we go. So, yeah. yeah. He sent me a message on Facebook asking for a personal invite link because I guess he was too good for our yeah, I normal invite think link. that it there was there was a problem with the link in some of the old descriptions, but yeah. I think the new descriptions it's fixed. If it's not, if someone okay. tries and it's not, please let me know and I'll try to fix it. We yeah. are old and easily confused <laughs> by technology, or at least I am. Well, that's exactly what I told him. Is we were still still learning technology. We're two old farts trying to do this, and yeah. it's not always super intuitive for us. <laughs> Forty and still learning the computers. <laughs> Uh, what does this button do? Yeah. Oh, Ooh, this God. Is hard work. I need to order a tab. <laughs> I can't. I can't fix it now. I hit a button and I don't know what I did wrong. <laughs> All right. So with that, if you would like to uh, tweet, well, again, what cards you're excited about, or if you have questions about like what cards you should be buying for Core 21 and kind of mm-hmm. when, you can get at us on Twitter at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can also find us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can drop us an email at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Don't forget if you're looking to pick up any singles, TCG Player typically has the lowest prices, and we have an affiliate link with them, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you buy after following that link will give us a very small percentage that helps to keep the show going. Um, if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do that on Patreon, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. We super appreciate all of our patrons, and that also gives you uh, entrance into our special finance room, invite only, Ooh. where all the high rollers hang out. Yeah. Or something. Speaking of our you know, high roller finance room, our Discord is up and running. And there's some uh, some pretty interesting conversations happening over there. So if you haven't hopped into our Discord, make sure you do that. Yeah, I think there might. I don't know if there's still some free stuff floating around the uh, Discord as well. Oh yeah, I forgot all about that. I definitely have some more free stuff. Um, it, I mean, it's not anything new. It's just stuff I've been giving out. But I have plenty of codes left still. So if you haven't gotten a code yet, or if you need another FNM code, hit me up in the free stuff room. Now, just to be clear, I've had some people asking for the FNM at home codes. I do not have those. Our game store did not participate in that promotion. So the codes that I have are the same ones you pull out of the Theros FNM promo packs. I think you're allowed four per account. So if you haven't gotten your four yet, let me know and I'll send you one. But these are not the FNM at home codes. Yeah. Yeah. So- 
But yeah, so I think, like I said, I think that is a show, right? I think that's a show. We will catch you guys in our Discord. Yeah, we will catch you in Discord.